another episode of the Dino Talk Podcast. Nick, Logan, Jesse, back again. This time, guys, it's only a week, but I'm excited. You guys, you guys have any opening thoughts here? Chris Godwin should have caught that Hail Mary. That was bogus. That would have won my league against Nick right away on a Thursday night. Gosh darn it, dude. Come on. It would have made me so much money too, man. At halftime, it was plus 750, the Buccaneers. In a seven-point ball game in an NFL game, give me that all day. Give me that all day. Anyway, what do you think, Logan? What do you think of the Thursday night game? Uh, oh, I don't know. I just think that the Thursday night game was kind of underwhelming. Looked a little scripted for a late game comeback, but I don't know. Mike Evans ended up coming through if you had him on fantasy. So, yeah, that was one that the Bills only ended up winning by six, but they were so in control the whole game that that last drive by the Bucks, like they had like three or four penalties right in a row that just prolonged it. That way they could score on a tipped ball. Like that was. Like I not once in that game that I think the Bills were gonna actually gonna lose it, but but the but the but the, penal, the penalties were all fair, like the face mask real as real as the face mask has ever been. I mean, like they're the calls were legit though. I mean, but I I also thought that too. I did think the the same little thing little ticky tacky is what I was thinking. But regardless, if, if it was the Chiefs, Nick would be oh oh hey hey. When when else are you gonna call it? What? Oh, just because it's late game, you don't call those things? Oh, come on! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're the Eagles, you know. But <laughs> yeah, fantasies, guys, it's getting to be kind of getting to be late in the season. Like these, if you're have a losing record right now, you either got to make some moves to start winning, or got to find a way to tank. Or in regular season leagues, you just got to pull out pull out everything and just try to win. But today, guys, we're going to do some hot takes, mid-season hot takes. Like, we did ones before the season, but why not, like, the season's seven, eight weeks in. Like, we got new stuff we got to talk about. We got new new takes, seen some people play. Let's drop them. Does anybody want to start us off? That's okay. I mean, people are gonna get tired of me uh, of me bringing up the same guy over and over and over again. But I will say, whenever you look at the calendar, I think Garrett Wilson is a buy low in Dynasty. Seriously. So this week, uh, I can't remember who he has off the top of my head. Next week, he has the Chargers. Chargers have been the absolute worst uh, defense to receivers in the league this year. Garrett Wilson has an insane target rate in the red zone. I get it. The Jets aren't the greatest. Like it is always hard to take a, a Zach Wilson wide receiver, but his his red zone target share is like I'm talking. It might be like double the second highest in the league. Like he is number one, and I think last time I checked, I'm pretty sure he was like doubling the guy who was in second. Like he has like a 67 percent target share in the red zone. I mean, absolutely insane with the talent. Um, I still I'm a believer in him and definitely in Dynasty where you're gonna get multiple years of usage out of him. Um man, I'm I'm all about uh I'm all about buying low on Garrett Wilson right now. But uh but yeah, besides that's that's my hot take. I think Garrett Wilson's bouncing back harder than ever. Gonna be a top ten wide receiver rest of season. 
Would you say it's got the end zone rate or is it red zone? That's a great question. I wish I remembered off the top of my head right now if it was end zone or red zone rate. But uh, one of those two was at 67% target share for the team, which, I mean, think about that. That is crazy. That is crazy. Either way, it's crazy. Logan, do you you care much about that stat? Uh, I don't really know how to interpret it. I don't think. Do they get? Do they score a lot of touchdowns? Well, okay, but also look at the look at the talent of Garrett Wilson. Just imagine the talent of Garrett Wilson getting that kind of target share. That's that's that to me. And and whenever you look at the rest of the season, like it's not just this next next two weeks. If you keep looking on, like they still have Denver. Like they have multiple great great teams that they're going to play up uh, play against. And that's that's the other reason. If if you add the schedule into the other two things I mentioned, is talent and just the red zone rate or end zone rate, whatever it is, I think he's a buy low, and I'm grabbing him up all I can. Yeah, I just just watching Jets games. I think maybe they get one to two trips in the red zone in any given game, and with Zach Wilson throwing the ball, like if he has a sixty-seven percent target rate, like. He might catch one pass there for, and it might be one pass for seven yards and a touchdown. It might be one pass for negative one yards on a screen. Might be one pass for three yards stopped. Like I, to be honest, I don't know that I care about that too much. And if they're going to score the red Garrett Wilson in a league that we're in together, what's that? Do you own any Garrett Wilson in any leagues that we're in together? Uh, I'm not sure, but I do own him in a few leagues. If we're yeah. in one together, I would love, love to talk trade with you for Garrett Wilson. <laughs> You're the kind of person I'm going after, baby. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. On the New York Jets perspective, I feel like someone that I've been uh, keying in on uh, playing this next week is actually Tyler Conklin. They're playing the Giants this next week, and I – I don't know. I feel like Tyler Conklin's been pretty static on how many targets he's been getting every week. Um, I feel like he could pan out to have a pretty good game against the Giants. I I feel like that's just like out of left field. I just wanted to say that to someone so that I have it on paper or on podcast, I should say. So that's exactly why we do this podcast. Exactly why. Because Nick likes to lie about things that he says, and we got to have it on record. Wait, what did I lie about? I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking shit at this point. I mean, well, but for real, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because like two or three years ago, you were saying things about Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts, and now you say you don't say them. You didn't. You never said them, and it's a lie. If we had it on record, oh, I'd get you. But it's fine. Now we have it on record about Christian Kirk, so it's fine. It'll be just as good. I I liked Christian Kirk going into the year. I want that on record, and we do have that on record. But. No, Tyler Conklin's a guy I'm in two guillotine links that I'm in. I've started Tyler Conklin in two different weeks, like just picked him up in once in each of the leagues. And he's been a respectable starting tight end. Like that guy, like he catches passes and does he, you say he has any touchdowns? I don't know, but like he catches enough passes and gets enough yards that like eight, eight to 12 points, like that gets more than gets the job done as a tight end position. And I think that's the funny thing that I usually look way too much in because I don't want to draft a high end tight end. So I like flex them. And another one that I recently picked up 
you would know in our guillotine league is Johnny Smith. Cause I'm trying to catch him being hot and the Falcons just continuing like a, like a competent offense. Cause like for some reason in a single season league, Kyle Pitts was on the waiver wire. So I picked him up and I've been starting him ever since in a flex spot, which made no sense to me, but hopefully they can all stay hot. Logan, do you have any hot takes? You want me to rattle one off? Yeah, I, I guess I'll go with my first hot take. I've been trying to formulate another one on some rookie receivers that we were talking about last week that got, you know, some well-deserved target share this past week. But honestly, I'm probably just going to go with the Traylon Burks one. I think that for the rest of the season, if he can stay healthy, Will Levis is the quarterback. I think that we might see some uh, resurgence of Will Levis play from Kentucky where he just stares down one receiver and just completely targets them into oblivion. And I think Traylon Burks has been, you know, just rattled with injuries, hasn't been able to show his potential. He doesn't really have too many targets on the season because he's been battling D hop target share as well. Is he, is he playing this week? Do you know? Uh, I can't remember if it's been solidified, but I know that right now in fantasy leagues, um, I don't know if he's off the injury report, but I think he is. Let's yep. see. Yeah, like the biggest thing with Traylon is dude's just got to get healthy. Get him on the field. I, yep. I think he can produce. And I think the one thing I'm worried about with him, though, is I hope they just let him have a receiving role until he's fully healthy, and then you can start integrating the jet sweeps and rushing because he has one rush on the year for nine yards, but I really don't want them to lean in on him being this gadget all-star player yet. But I feel like he has enough versatility in his game that he could definitely step it up here. Yeah, and I I did see he practiced in full this week already, which is a sign of good things to come. And the other thing that in which would fit right in with your hot take is the Titans are kind of looking like they're in selling mode. And they've there's been reports, I don't know if they're true, about Derrick Henry, like Bills, Ravens, which would be a lot of fun. But also DeAndre Hopkins, like they just signed him. Like what what's their use of having him when you have a new quarterback and I mean, it'd be good for a new quarterback to have a uh, a good wide receiver. But at the same time, it's like if you can get some picks for him, might as well do that. And if Traylon Burks is the top wide receiver in that offense, like without Hopkins, like that he could be a great buy low right now. Like that could be a tremendous opportunity. Like before the season, everyone this offseason was buying Traylon Burks as if he was going to be the number one guy. And it could be seven, eight weeks into the season, and he could finally get that opportunity. Granted, he stays healthy. Like, I I, li- I, I like him as a buy low. Yeah, I agree with you. The only thing is that uh, I actually have read that the Titans were shop- actively shopping DeAndre Hopkins, and no one's buying. So uh, the only issue is they might not be able to get rid of him. Oh, yeah, I think, I think finding a buyer is tough. Like, they're going to have to eat some money. But, like, eat the money, guys. Like, get your picks. Eat the money like that. Right. I don't really know what they were reason. thinking in, in buying him. I, I, I really don't. Like, did they think that they were ready to compete? I guess. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I, mean, I, th- I can't remember what the line was on their wins. If it was nine, nine and a half, eight and a half, something like that. So they're right on like the cusp of playoffs again. I feel like. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So that's where they thought that they were at, too. That's fair. Yeah. And with their coaching, they can always stay relevant. Nick hates that, though. <laughs> 
I just think the Titans made some weird moves this offseason. Like they they showed signs that they're going in rebuild mode, and then all of a sudden they get Hopkins. I think they were they, just they've made a, a few weird moves over the last few years. Trading away AJ Brown as an Eagles fan, love you, but I don't know what what were you thinking there, man? And then like now you guys are hurting for receivers, and you go invite DeAndre Hopkins, an aging guy. Like, ah, I mean, why didn't you just? It, we always joke in the in this pod about uh, about in dynasty. You know, whenever you're you're trading away a good asset, you know, like for a a draft pick, you got to remember it's just a mystery box. So you don't ever want to, for example, trade away an AJ Brown hoping that you're getting a mystery box like or, and then get a mystery box that you're hoping is going to be AJ Brown, you know? So I think that's exactly what the Titans did. And uh, it's backfired. That's the thing though. I do want to highlight on this just for anyone listening to this though. You have to look at AJ Brown's injury history. He hasn't been hurt since he's been on the Eagles. And I think he was hurt at least five times. He he's essentially what Traylon, he was a way more productive Traylon Burks what he is now. Traylon Burks is getting hurt left and right. AJ Brown was like never playing a full season on the Titans. Yeah. No, Do you think that variable is uh pushes them a little bit hard? No, it's the grass. Okay. Seriously, there's two fields in the league that have led to some whack injuries and it's the Giants and the Titans. It's gotta be the grass. Something in the air. And it could Dang, be a little luck related too. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Derek Henry such a shuts a beast and hasn't been injured for so long. Yeah. Moral of the story is, Jesse, you better better be saying your prayers tonight. Eagles really need A.J. <laughs> Brown. <laughs> he, he is really important to the Eagles. Like He's been doing so well. Like they, He's important to my fantasy teams. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> this last week was my best week in fantasy this year. This, this isn't one of my hot takes, but like A.J. Brown might be playing like the best wide receiver in the league right now. Like, he is. Yeah. Like he's been elite. Seems spicy. I don't know. Might be a hot take. Maybe Might Tyreke. qualify. AJ Brown's been yeah, Tyreek's been good too. Yeah, he's projected like twenty three hundred yards on the season, right? Which yeah. is stupid. And, and I have seen like a, a lot of the, the rankings for the like a wide receiver rest of season. I have seen it go Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown actually quite a quite a bit. Uh yeah. I was looking at uh Kugin's league because Nick always likes to joke that my my championship team isn't that good for being a championship team, even though it's about to run a back-to-back back championship season. I was looking at it, dude. I have like six top 24 wide receivers. Get out of here, Nick. There's a reason why I'm winning, dog. I'm just kidding. But uh, did you guys see that, uh, that A.J. Brown has more receiving hours than the entire Titans team to this point this season? Uh, all, no, all I did it, but that's hilarious. What a but burn all jokes, on Logan. <laughs> yeah, but like all jokes aside, the Eagles run the ball a lot, and AJ Brown's still like one of the top receiving like yard leaders in the league, which is really impressive. But we've talked a lot about this. Uh, I'll go with mine here. I wanted to record yesterday prior to the Bills game because I was kind of in on the Dalton Kincaid breakout. Like I, I said last week, he's kind of teetering on dust territory, but Dawson Knox getting it, being out, they're getting ruled out, going on IR, and Kincaid finally starting to get some options. Like, I 
kind of like him the rest of the season. He had a pretty good game tonight, but like all a guy like that needs is just to be productive, like be a guy that in scramble drill, Josh Allen can look at for chunk plays. And like that's what he was doing today. Like down the sideline, he had a scramble and touchdown throw to Dalton Kincaid. Like they need receiving options to step up. And Dalton Kincaid stepped up. And I, I kind of like him as a guy that can, even when Knox comes back or if he comes back, like I kind of like Kincaid as a maybe top seven tight end rest of the season, top seven, eight tight end rest of the season. And who knows? Like maybe after this season, he could be valued as a top three to five tight end. That would that would not surprise me at all. Yeah, during while I was watching the game, every time I watched Dalton Kincaid do something, I thought, "Wow!" I remember Nick texted us that by the breakout, I actually grabbed him in prediction strike. Not a sponsor of us yet, but uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I did buy him. I scooped him up a little bit in in there uh, before the game, thanks to Nick. So appreciate the call there. Uh, that was in our private text, but uh, yeah, yeah. Don Kincaid, man, he looked great tonight and uh could could very well break out. He could have had two touchdowns too. On that fourth down, he uh he had that one he had a target in the red zone or in the end zone there too. So yeah, could have had a huge game, but still had a fairly large game. In a in a tight end premium league, whew, he was on fire tonight. Yeah, and honestly, just uh I'm pretty impressed with his route running ability, his and his ability, like you said earlier earlier whenever josh allen starts to scramble he does really just fill in the open gaps and stuff like that and his like catching ability like that i think he just ran i'm sorry i'm getting caught up i didn't really see all of his catches tonight but he ran like this wheel route caught one on the sideline toe drag and it just looks incredible and if he continues to do stuff like that i think you're completely right on him i i feel like with Young players like that, if you can be a guy, like, when a play breaks down, if you can find a way to get open, like, QBs will start looking at you. Like, that's like that's something with the, the Chiefs that they, like, Kelsey, like, he gets so many balls just because, like, when a play breaks down, Mahomes scrambles, he knows he can look at Kelsey and he'll find a way to get open. And if, if Kincaid, like, can be that guy, like, so far Josh has only had really digs that he can rely on to do that. Like, Gabe Davis sometimes, but, like, Mainly just digs, and if Kincaid could be that, like I, I really think the Bills' offense could take off. Like if Kincaid can be a reliable option, but yeah, regardless, I'm, I'm excited to see him the rest of the season. And with Knox out, he's got a great opportunity here. You guys have any more hot takes? Yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a hot take, but I'm going to follow the trend of just uh, buy low kind of player and i feel like maybe we might be a little like one week too late on this but i think that you know i'm keying in on tennessee players all the time i feel like jalen hyatt's kind of in the optimal window of the last game that they played against the commanders i mean the commanders aren't like a stellar defensive team by any means but i think that a few of the routes that they made jalen hyatt run were very reminiscent of his tennessee days where he is just a complete one-on-one freak and Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor was throwing like dimes. Well, I mean, he only got two catches, but the one of them he did was like a 40 yard pass or something. And he just completely owned the guy on the route. So I think that they're starting to realize maybe we should just send this guy deep on fade routes or like just like any deep cut routes 
he'll just destroy the guy one-on-one. He did get five targets, but only two catches. But looks like the volume's been there because the week before that, he had four targets, three catches, only for 21 yards. But one of those was a death throw, but he still caught it. So I think this is kind of going to be an optimal time to pick him up or try to trade him. Trade for him. Like, do you think he could be a guy that could be useful in like regular season leagues the rest of the season? Or do you think he's like a dynasty by low? Oh, he's a dynasty by low for sure. I feel like uh, optimally you would want him to be kind of like Gabe Davis where he's going to start getting the deep strikes, middle of the field throws. Obviously, Gabe Davis is starting to outgrow that a little bit, but I feel like he could be kind of on a similar trajectory if he can pick up his catches and yards. Yeah, with him, Hyatt's one that kind of coming into the league, like I I worry about him like being a by low, like something other than just like a random deep threat guy. And to me, in order for him to be a by low, like you got to be betting on them getting a quarterback that can really stretch the field. And because like Hyatt to this point, like in my opinion, he has not shown to be a reliable underneath volume receiver where he's going to be relying on a lot of deep plays. And that's going to have to be something where he's going to have a quarterback that consist- can consistently get him the ball deep. Cause he's one that like does not play through contact. Wells, not super like, He's fast, but he doesn't play through contract. Doesn't contact does not like have great vision in my opinion. To where I th- I think he he's a guy that like you get him running deep and you have a quarterback that can find him. I like that. But like Daniel Jones, like I I don't really see that as like a main part of his game. Like maybe Hyatt can make that be a part of his game, but like unless you can get him a quarterback, like I don't I don't know that Hyatt's going to be someone who's going to be a super reliable guy, at least in my opinion. But I. I would love to see it though. I, I think he's a valuable piece to an NFL offense. I do, I just worry about the fantasy aspect of it. Yeah, I think once the Giants start to maybe uh, snip away at their depth chart a little bit, they I feel like they've had some people lingering on their team. For some reason, they got Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, Sterling Shepard's been on them for some reason for a while, and then he's got Darius Slayton and Wondell Robinson. Obviously, is starting to pick it up, but I feel like. Uh, Honestly, it's a hot take by low, I feel like, at this point. And uh, I feel like they're kind of discovering what he likes and how he can be productive. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see him become more productive as the season progresses. I could see him become more progressive, uh, more um, productive. I could see him, <laughs> thank you, being more productive as well. But I do agree with Nick that uh, the fantasy value aspect, I could see him being one of those wind sprinters. For a while, especially with Daniel Jones. Dude, Daniel Jones has been so bad. Oh my goodness, has he been bad, dude. Like, whoa. Do we think the Giants are going to move on from Daniel Jones after signing him that huge contract this offseason? The money is holding down his arm, I think. I I don't know. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, dude, he has been so bad. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's what that's the only thing that makes me worry about any of the Giants. Like I think any of the Giants receivers could be by lows right now because of how bad Daniel Jones have been has been playing. Um, but yeah, I already own all of them. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the one thing I would 
say about the Giants is like the Hyatt move is good, like in that it adds a vertical element to the pass game, but like the Giants badly need a volume receiver, like someone who Daniel Jones can rely on, like to catch a lot of passes. And maybe that could be Darren Waller, but like I, I thought they had a big mess in the draft, not getting someone who you could just pepper with targets underneath and just like be a five to seven catch guy every game. Like that that's what they badly need in that offense. And he just doesn't have someone who he can get like just easy five, seven yards to. And I mean, maybe Hyatt can become that guy. Um, I'm just a little skeptical and I, yeah, I'm the giants. I, I think they're going to need to keep adding to the receiving core. I, I think that's a key thing. If they're going to keep Daniel Jones, but they, I mean, obviously they're in a tough spot as a franchise. Yeah, I think if Wandale Robinson can prove that he can stay healthy, they can use him as the gadget out route dish off kind of guy, maybe to get those five yards, yeah. use Darren Waller to cover the middle of the field and hopefully learn that um, Hyatt should just be running crossing routes or deep routes and that he can be like the 12 to 20 intermediate route to deep route guy. Yeah, and Wandale's one who I – he had, like, what, eight catches two weeks ago, and I, I thought he was going to be a guy that they were going to really start relying on. Like, he had eight catches, 62 yards, and I thought he was just going to mainstay in their offense. The next week, he had two targets and one catch for 22 yards. Like, just they, – they just aren't going to rely like, – that's confusing to me and why I, I just can't rely on Wandale. And as as an offense, like, it's just kind of puzzling to me. It's hard to rely on any of the Giants. Like even Darren Waller has been hard to rely on at yep. such a at a position where like it's so so weak, and yet like still Darren Waller's hard to start because like just the Giants' offense. He's a number. One, he's the only other other than Travis Kelsey. I'm pretty sure he's the only number one target on an offense, and yet you still struggle starting him. It's crazy. So I think I'm starting to come to a philosophy on quarterback play where you start certain players and for some reason this year daniel jones got hurt you start darren waller when anthony richardson goes down you start playing josh downs and it's just like some sort of formula to just quarterbacks that just aren't very good for certain players on that offense and whenever you look at all of the players on the giants when daniel jones gets out all of their targets and receptions start going up so i don't know if it's just him i don't know I think it is. Whenever I watch him, I think it is him. Well, because so, so bad. So Daniel Jones, I think, did he get hurt in the Dolphins game? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Because that was the last game he played, and maybe Darren Waller got all of these after he got hurt, but he had eight catches, eleven targets, eighty-six yards. Next game, Daniel Jones is out. He had five receptions, seven targets, forty-three yards. Not bad. And then this past game, he had seven catches, eight targets. 98 yards and a touchdown. So it's just like, might be a Daniel Jones problem. I could see it. They're in a tough spot. Tough spot. But, Jesse, do you have another one? Or you want me to rattle one off here? Go ahead. Guys, I think a good buy low in Dynasty, someone who, a QB that I view in the 12 to 18 range, this, this might be a hot take. And I think it's a quarterback that people think is going to be replaced after the year. But I think he's locked in for next season as a starter. And that's Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter is a big buy in Dynasty. Everyone thinks he's going to be replaced. Everyone thinks, oh, he's been bad. 
he makes a turnover here and there. But it, guys, he's getting a lot more comfortable in that offense. And he he's had some crucial turnovers the past few few weeks, but that's not been a huge part of Ritter's game is turnovers. And I, I don't think that's something that's going to keep up. And I think the Falcons are a team that right now they're winning the NFC South. And guys, I think they're going to win it. They're going to be a playoff team. And they're going to be picking in the 20s in the draft. And do you do you typically find a starting quarterback in the 20s in the draft? Like, I, it's pretty rare. Like, Lamar. But I, other than that, guys, it's it's pretty rare. And I think Ritter's a guy that, like, everyone's thinking is going to be replaced. And they might draft a second or third round pick as a quarterback. But, guys, if Ritter keeps going, like, Arthur Smith is a guy that is very loyal. Like, he really is loyal to his quarterbacks. Like, Marcus Mariota played 15 games last year, and he, saw, he showed no signs of progression. And Desmond Ritter is starting to kind of get a feel for that that offense. And he's like, they're a better passing team than they are a running team right now, which no one thought that would happen going into the season. Like, guys, Desmond Ritter, he's a big buy in Dynasty, top 12 to 18 wide or quarterback. I actually really like it. I'm trying to think of a reason to hate it, and I can't think of one. Uh, Pretty solid, I mean, has awesome weapons as well. Like you said, I mean, yeah, if they end up winning the division, if they're in the playoffs, they're not going to get a quarterback that's going to immediately step in over him. So I'm buying. I'm buying it. Yeah, I think it's a good idea too. I feel like uh, Desmond Ritter and like it's kind of, what is it, the last three or four games, he's kind of came out of his shell and like made a – Huge step forward, looked a lot more comfortable. I think Matt Collins stopped threatening him so much on the sideline. Uh, I think he's definitely got all of the weapons are kind of showing that they were worth being drafted. The John U. Smith pickup looks pretty good. Uh, Kyle Pitts is kind of coming together. Drake London started to look pretty good again. Hopefully they can all stay healthy, and I think that he for sure will show why they need to move ahead with him. Oh yeah, and if you're if you're Arthur Smith right now, like, are you just kicking yourself for not giving him more of a ramp up last season? Like, they, they gave him what two to three games last year? Like, that was so stupid. Like, you you knew what you had, Marcus Mariota. Like, they had some imaginary idea that they were going to win the division with Marcus Mariota, and it just it finally fell through 14, 15 weeks into the season. But by then, it's too late to evaluate your quarterback and give him experience. Like they they screwed that up. But another thing is people are like, oh, they're going to get a veteran quarterback to just slide right in there. But guys, I feel like we think this every year that, oh, they're going to get this quarterback. They're going to get this quarterback. But it's just quarterbacks like in the NFL, the quarterbacks aren't moved that often. Like very rarely do they get outside of the building. Like I, I just think Desmond Ritter is a guy that like I'm just going forward with the idea that he's going to be the quarterback next year. And I. Like maybe they draft a rookie that just goes crazy in training camp, but I I'd be surprised to see anybody but Desmond Ritter starting for them next season. Yeah, no, I mean I can definitely see it. You guys have any others here? I do have uh, one. Or do you, Jesse? Um, I was just thinking to myself, maybe Drake May over Caleb Williams, but nah, go ahead and go look. <laughs> Hey, 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 let's save that for a second here. I I got a 2024 <laughs> I need to get Nick fired up. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I do have one, but I don't know if I want to mention it on the podcast because it might throw it out with... there, Logan. Throw it out there. Come on. Safe it's got to be recorded. The person isn't on my team right now. I submitted a waiver claim for him, and it would compromise who I'm going for. You got my word. Is it Jake Bobo? No. Okay. It's a return back to a preseason take I had where I wasn't thinking clearly with my roster. I should have managed my roster a little bit better. I will, Still, I'm, I will I'm, not, I'm not making any picks. Pick up. All right. Good, good. Since obviously I was worried about Nick since both our teams suck and <laughs> Ultimate Dynasty League, but I, I'm starting to kick myself for not keeping him on a lot more rosters, but I'm starting to think that the Patriots offense are kind of realizing that oh. they should, that they should be playing Demario Douglas a lot more than what he was getting for like the first half of the season. And uh, Nick knows that I was keying in on him before he even got drafted because I thought I was like, Holy crap, this guy looks pretty amazing. But w- what do you got to say, Nick? I think he might be on my roster. No, he's not. He's not. I dropped him last week, and I have a waiver claim on him right now. Okay. Right, other league because you picked him up in good faith because of what I was saying. I I had two waiver claims this past week, one for Chris Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez, and one for Demario Douglas. And the Rodriguez one went through, and the Douglas one did not. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, wait, what what do you know about Chris Rodriguez? Hey, I'm I'm trying to keep that close to the chest here, but <laughs> Chris Rodriguez had he led the Washington Commanders in rushing last week. Granted, he only played 13% of the snaps, but I think it's at least something that Antonio Gibson is just not getting any of the rushing share on their team. And which makes me kind of think Antonio Gibson could be extend, expendable here close to the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised to see him moved. Spicy take. You got yeah. any uh, places you think he might go? Ravens. I got to, that's the most popular one for everyone. Ravens, Bills, Chiefs. <laughs> you got a running back. Where do you think he's going? Uh, I don't Ravens. know. The Bills <laughs> or the Ravens? Yeah. Eagles, Eagles wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't shock me at all. Because how he's a beast. Yeah, what do you think they'll trade for him? A seventh rounder? Yeah. Some fab? <laughs> Conditional sixth round pick that if he gets three touchdowns, he get it becomes a fifth rounder. I don't know. It'll be a <laughs> it'll be a steal regardless. But. Guys, we will be back after a short break. Back again after a quick break. Guys, I'm going to start you off with a quick question here. And this is 2024 QB draft related. The the class that's going to be the next year's NFL draft. So I I actually posted this on Twitter earlier. And I, I want to present it to you guys and have you answer if you guys were presented with these options of quarterbacks, who would you most prefer? You ready? 
a QB with a 60% chance to be a bigger Kyler Murray with more arm talent, a QB with a 75% chance to be Justin Herbert, a QB with a 20% chance to be Patrick Mahomes, a QB with a 40% chance to be Jalen Hurts, a QB who is a more elusive Daniel Jones, or a QB who is a more injury-prone Tua? Who would you prefer? Easily the 75% Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'd go with the Justin Herbert final answer. Final answer, easy. Okay, would, would you guys like to hear their low-income first? Sure, go ahead. Okay, the guy with a 50% chance to be a bigger Kyler with arm talent, the low-end comp would be a less athletic Justin Fields. So Justin Fields without his athleticism. And the guy with a 70, 75% chance to be Justin Herbert would be like a Sam Darnold, like a little bit better of a Sam Dar- Darnold, more consistent Sam Darnold. A guy with a 20% chance to be Mahomes, his low-end comp would be Desmond Ritter with arm, more arm talent. And the QB with a 40% chance to be Jalen Hurts. It's a little low. Kellen Mond. A, the more elusive Daniel Jones would just be a younger Taysom Hill. And the guy who's a more injury-prone Tua is, would be a post-injury Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Would you still keep with the Herbert one? Yeah, I think so. Was that Sam Darnold? Was that the Justin Herbert one? Yes. Does he get mono? A a more consistent Sam Darnold. But does he ever get mono? I feel like that was his problem. Yeah, and I I think if Sam Darnold could just be consistent and not just be a scattered brain, he'd be decent. And maybe without mono. Or starting on the Jets. Um, Yeah. That's valid. Yeah. But you guys both chose Drake May as your QB1. Uh, Woo! Go us, Jesse. <laughs> like that's that's kind of a view with May. Like May is scary talented. Like that guy is. He has a pretty high upside. Like a lot more than what people think. I I do think he has some weaknesses. Like he doesn't have the arm strength that even Justin Herbert has, or Caleb Williams. Like if you guys didn't figure it out, Caleb Williams is the guy who I. Everyone kind of gives the Mahomes comp to Caleb Williams. I, I think he's a bigger Kyler Murray with a with more arm talent. Like he, he's just a better version of Kyler. Like that's Caleb. I think I think the Patrick Mahomes comp for him is a little. I just think it's not a style fit for him. And then the guy who I think is a QB with a twenty percent chance to be Mahomes. Like I, I got that's just a random number, but I think that's JJ McCarthy. I think JJ McCarthy is the most similar stylistically to Patrick Mahomes. Like he's JJ McCarthy's jump from year one to year two as a starter is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like it's he, in my opinion, like if this was his first year, JJ McCarthy would be QB one in my opinion. But like last, like given that they haven't had the schedule so far, like after Penn state, Ohio state, and like, I think Michigan has a good chance to win the title. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if JJ creeps into the top five, top 10, like his, his jump has been that steep. And like, you could argue it's the teams they're playing, but like his stats are almost equivalent to last season, like with touchdown passes and interceptions. And he's played like six games so far. Like he's, 
his jump has been incredible. He's making high level throws every single week. And the the QB with the 40% chance to be Mahomes, like that's Jordan Travis from Florida State. Like I think he's he's an old quarterback prospect, but he's pretty consistent and he's improved year over year. And he is a tough dude and he just finds a way to make winning plays. Like I think I think he's got some Jalen Hurts in him, but I, I think in order to be Jalen Hurts, like that's it's gonna have to be a high end outcome for him. And the more elusive Daniel Jones, who other than the Duke quarterback himself, Riley Leonard, like Riley Leonard is a guy that he doesn't make a lot of big throws. Like that's that's something that kind of hurts him as a profile, like his profile, and something I thought that maybe he we'd see a leap with, but he just he hasn't done it. But he he avoids sacks at a high level, and he's a very good runner. Like I I think he's a better prospect than Daniel Jones was. Like that's that's my opinion. I I think he's but he's a guy that I don't I don't know that he's going to come out this year. I think he might be better served to come out next year in a weaker class. And the more injury prone Tua, that's Michael Penix. He's a guy that's had I think two ACL injuries in college. He's 24, 25, but guy makes plays in the pocket. He just he can't run a lot now like with his injuries, but he's also left-handed, so the Tua comp's pretty easy. But yeah, it's a little throw into the 2024 QB class. And I'm actually really excited for the top three in this year's class. I, I think my hot take is that I think the top three in this year's class is better than the top three that everyone was hyping up back in 2021. I think that was the year with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Like I, I think this, the top of this year's class is better. And like, that class was good, like going in to the NFL, but I, I think this class stacks up better going into the NFL than that class did. That Sorry. is like a horrible class to compare to because they've all been ass. They Even have, Trevor but they, Lawrence hasn't been worth it in fantasy this year. But the, but they were <laughs> known as a top. I know what you're class, saying. Yeah, is yeah, what yeah, I'm. No, I know what you're saying. What's on, what? yeah, and Trevor Lawrence was like one of those hyped up quarterbacks since high school too. Like he had all the tangibles, intangibles. Mm-hmm. I I didn't hear any Bo Nix on that uh on that uh list though. Yeah, um uh, my comp for him, I, I thought about having him in there, but I I Brock Purdy. If I if I had Brock Purdy in that mix, would you guys have picked picked him? Probably not, would you have? <laughs> like Bo Nix can be Brock Purdy with more intangibles, but doesn't show it on the field. about Dylan Gabriel? I didn't hear him, his name either. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Jaden Daniels? <laughs> Jalen Daniels. I he has had a big improvement going into this season, but that but it's it's not the JJ McCarthy's like from year two to year three. It's from year five to year six, and he still takes sacks at a really really high rate. But his throwing's gotten a lot better, and he's pretty athletic. He's yeah, a PCR type. I think it's second half Jaden Daniels that's a high draft pick. It's uh, the full game Jaden Daniels that brings him back to earth. That's probably true. And Quinn Ewers, I'm not in on him. He's, I think he's regressed. Like I, I was not in on him going into the year, and he's taken sacks at a really high rate so far. And he just like everything schemed up, schemed up for him, like. J.J. McCarthy had a lot of stuff schemed up for him last year, but this year they let off the training reels, and he's just going back, and he's just shredding defenses. Quinn Ewers, 
they still got the training wheels on him and he's just like and he's just i think he's doing worse with it like i don't i just he's got a nice arm but that's about it for me he's okay. the next year guy we're uh seeing his replacement i think here next week we very well might be and that i hate to be the one to say it but i i've seen malik murphy and he is a quinn ewers replica like i like i'm watching him like he's a lot of people hype him up, but he he doesn't move real well either. And he's like, he's got a nice arm like yours, but he's not real mobile. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Arch by the end of the year. Like that's. Well, I think they're they're splitting Malik Murphy and Arch Manning in the next game. I thought. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think Arch is probably going to be ready, but like he's a guy that get him reps. Like that's that's what's important for him. He's in that Nico spot right now where I think he's just not quite ready to take college hits yet, but who knows? Yeah, he's got a high ceiling. Watching him play, like you never you never know what happens. I, I think quarterback's a tough position to evaluate in practice. Like you kind of just need to see reps with him. Hmm. I, I don't know if we have any other takes, but I was going to ask a, maybe just more of a generalized question. Like what do you guys think about the Miami Dolphins? Do you think they're legit? legitimately gonna get beat out in the first two rounds of the playoffs yeah you guys see him against my eagles man they can't play against a real defense come on yeah they they played two top of the nfl teams so far the bills and the eagles and they've gotten spanked in both of them which does does say something i, I mean they're an undeniably really good team and they beat up on every team in the league that isn't the high level teams if you're not a high-level team, the Dolphins are the kind of teams that will just – the game will be over by halftime. But when it just – when they get into the games against the top teams, like, it just seems like they're a little bit behind. But Devon A. Chain coming back might might change that. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah I no, kind I, of, think, I see him as an up-and-coming team. Yeah, I was kind of wondering because I feel like when they played the Eagles, they just kind of – fell behind and they couldn't just utilize their running game like they have in the past. And I, I think I can't remember, I wish I would have saved it, but I think I saw some tweets where it's like Tua was also holding onto the ball a lot, a lot longer. And I think his accuracy drops off a cliff. He does, if he doesn't get like that fast read throws off, which is kind of concerning. And the, the Eagles defense on in the Dolphins defense, the Eagles defense is improving rapidly here. Like they're, their front is nasty, especially against the run. Oof. Jalen Carter has really grown into his role, too. I saw him a ton when I watched that game. Jordan yeah, Davis, Lo- Logan, do you think that maybe the best time ever to sell Tua was right before the Eagles game? Hmm, I don't know. I think he still has uh, the Raiders here in three weeks. Sell him oh, after that you. game. <laughs> cool. Hey, Nick, maybe we can sell him in our shared league after that game, then. I know you're, you you told me we couldn't sell him a few weeks ago. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> you, so you, guys you wanted to sell him for pennies in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nick actually saved us on that one. That's why we're in a shared league, buddy. Nick <laughs> saved me. Whenever Tua got hurt, I thought his career was over. I was ready to sell him for anything. Now he's, like, running for the MVP. <laughs> uh, do you guys – are you competing in that league? No, no, we have a shared league, so we we share a team. So 
He's asking for supposed to talk about it, but naturally, you know me, Logan. Have I talked to Nick every time before I've done there? <laughs> no, I, I, I witnessed a trade that wasn't discussed whenever I was in Nick's house. <laughs> Javante yeah, Williams, I, I think, was in that hey, one. Hey, Mike Evans got saved tonight, but dude, come on, Nick. That was a great trade that I, I accepted. Come on. You know it's true. Javante for Mike Williams? Getting rid of Mike Williams, getting Javante. What else was it? Mike was Evans. It? Yeah, we, yeah, we got rid of Mike Evans and we got Javante Williams. And what and was Jahan Dotson? And we got Sprint. Jahan Dotson for uh, Madison, Madison, and Mike Evans. Madison, dude, Madison's falling off a cliff as we speak. Uh, Nick, I am the trade master. Listen to me, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still hey, speaking of speaking of the trade trade master. Hey, I did get one on him today, Nick. Uh, I, did we already talk talk about this on the pod? That no, uh, we no. Okay, perfect. So I uh, went ahead and got Nick. Got him. Got him on a good trade. Listeners uh, sold Kyler Murray for Justin Fields. Oh, did you think I was done? Yeah, a lot of people would have thought so too. No, I also got a second on top of Justin Fields. Most people would say, hey, Kyler Murray for Justin Fields, straight up, great trade. Great trade. Good trade both ways. Thank you. Thank you. Nah, I'm winning my trades, dog. Give me that second too. Let's go. Do we have a rebuttal on that one, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. I'm just kidding. But, uh, I mean, I think it's a fair trade. I think it... I think if Jesse is able to flip fields, that helps. But I, Kyle, Kyler Murray's got that big, hefty contract behind him that basically got him, in my opinion, even if he's traded, he's got a starting spot for the next three seasons. And he's been a guy that's like the injury that hurts, but like he's got a starting spot for the next three seasons at minimum. And Justin Fields, like, what is like at minimum, he's or at yeah, I mean, he's got, what, six games? Like, that could be the worst-case scenario. He's got six games left in him as a starter. Like, that's, that'd be the concern with Fields. And it's just like there's – with the Bears, like, as long as they get a top pick, I think it's going to be in a dicey spot for Fields, and especially if they get a new coaching staff and whatever. But, I mean, it's all going to depend on where he's moved, what situation he gets moved to, and if he gets moved. But I – I I needed stability. I don't I don't have my pick this year, and I don't have my pick next year. Like I needed a quarterback that I could rely on on my team that has some upside. That's that's why I made that move. Yeah, it, it did have a lot to do with the positions that we were both in, like mm-hmm. uh, with my team and his team. My team's tanking. Um, I think we actually talked about it last week on the pod. This exact trade, we talked about this trade. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it ended up going through. But just just so you know, uh, Logan and listeners, the league they they started questioning it, and at first I was like, "Oh no, you know, did I uh, did I did I let Nick get me one here?" No, don't worry, everybody. They were concerned for Nick's side. They were like, "Nick, dude, what were you thinking, Justin Fields, for this? What?" The entire league went crazy. Um, really, really had I had a great day. That's what I can tell you. I had a great day because of that. So. Thank you, Nick. I mean, if if Kyler Murray doesn't end up coming back this season, I that hurts. That hurts my side. I 
I made that move on the idea that Tyler is going to be back in the next week or two. Well, my thing is, and this take this into account, Logan. He's coming back from an ACL. Kyler Murray, who is five eight, relies on his speed a lot. So, I mean, he's coming back off of an injury. Like, who's to say that he's going to be exactly who he was before? That's what I was thinking whenever I was trading away. Was like, hey, maybe I'm going to trade away, and he's actually not going to be, not going to be up to par, not going to be like quite himself. And um, with Justin Fields, dude. With the backup quarterback, if they win three, four games and they're, like, in the top 10, 15, it's the exact same argument we were making with Spencer – or not with Spencer, um, with Ritter. Maybe they don't – maybe they aren't able to get a quarterback in in that position that's going to be able to beat out Fields. Fields ends up being the long-term guy. Fields can turn it around. And if all else fails – I get my second, so whatever. <laughs> I do have I do have one question though on this. Where where did your uh, first round picks go, Nick? So my first round pick this year, I actually remember it. I ended up flipping my first and Devonte Smith, and I got Stefan Diggs and Najee Harris. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that. I got Diggs, who's a very consistent player. Najee, I'm not, not as happy with, but I, I wanted Diggs in that deal. And did he, you flip Najee for Damian Pierce? I did. Oh, you already got yeah. rid of Harris? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I was just going to compliment that because I thought I read somewhere that Najee has like a high correlation with, uh, like better productivity after the bye week, which was week seven for the Steelers. I mean, maybe. Damn. <laughs> I mean, Boom, I mean, good for, you, good for you though. I mean, maybe he'll suck this year. Yeah. When not... I texted Nick to roast him about it, he he said, "Oh, got got out from uh from oh gosh dang it." Well, Trent Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, yeah, Trent Richardson, uh, part two. I mean, I the correlations are pretty strong there. That's his comp, though, for sure. Like, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> I, I think Najee's maybe got a year. Like, I mean, maybe to the end of this year left is their top back. I, I don't think they pick up the fifth year option with him. I, I'd be surprised. Like, he's just he's not producing enough. Yeah, and he's old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is old. Yep. And he's not not particularly good either. That was that was a bad pick by the Steelers. Yeah, I think they were kind of just chasing highs on Alabama running backs, and that's like not a thing you do unless you want to boast Scarborough. Yeah, pick the wrong bad, one. Bad pick by a lot of dynasty leagues too. I remember my is either my first or second league getting in dynasty. He was going in the first. I remember that very vividly. Actually, <laughs> yes, Najee Harris was going in the first. I'm talking three years. I think three. It might have been the year after his rookie year, maybe, or maybe it was his rookie year. He was going top in the first round, late first, but yeah, first round of the dynasty drafts overall. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. He, he was. And I, I, I don't know if you remember this, Jesse. Last off season in one of the, the leagues that we're we're both in, I ended up picking Najee in the second round with the idea 
that I was going to flip him right away. And I ended up flipping him and getting a first round pick from a dude in which I was rebuilding. And that pick was like the 102. And that was a league where I had three picks in the top four of the league. And that was because I, I just was picking teams that were making bad picks early. And I was just targeting them and doing everything I could to get there first. And it, it paid off beautifully. And then, yeah, that was, that yeah, was something one... I, I, I will say I've noticed with Nick is uh, in drafts. He is hands down the best person I've ever seen at being able to target which team is like making bad moves in the draft and getting there first from them. Like it is actually amazing how many 102s, 103s, 101s Nick has had that weren't his. I have never seen anything like it. It, it is pretty amazing. I, I got to give you props for it, Steve. I feel like it all depends on your first couple picks. Like, it's just like, if there's one of those that you don't, I don't think it's going to pan out. Like I, and then like their next pick, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I'm going for that first. I'm going for it. Like the, the other dude, he took Deshaun Watson at like the one, two turn. And he, that was the other one where I got like what one of the high picks for like as well. And I was just like, Ooh, my time to shine here. <laughs> exactly. I did want to also mention, though, that um, Kyler Murray was removed off the injury report today. And also, I wanted to say he's 5'10", so if we have any short King listeners, we don't discriminate. He's a little taller than what Jesse said. Uh, Thank you for getting that correct, Logan. I appreciate that very much. We we value political correctness on this podcast. <laughs> Looking out for my short kings out there. Hell yeah. Oh man, appreciate you, Logan. As as a fellow short king, I uh, I appreciate you. Um, gosh dang, it. Who, who was it that we were just just talking about? Who were we just roasting Nick about? His love for Najee Harris was that it? Was it? Was was it the love for Najee? Nah. Well, do you guys have any more hot takes, or should we go ahead and wrap this this one up here? I did just have one thing. And I wanted to kind of get a litmus test on what what are we thinking about Jahan Dotson right now? By by low by low. E. Wait, it it depends what league you're in. If if you get points for holding your field goals, then buy low. Else, sell them. I'm just sell them for what? What are you it, selling for right now? If you're selling him low. This is why I love being in leagues with you, Nick. You sell Justin Fields right after he after he gets hurt. You buy Kyler Murray right as he's coming back into the right as he's getting uh, healthy again. Oh, I love it, Nick. You you're great at you're you're you are great at at predicting people's people's bad things in drafts. After the draft, though, man, just give give me all your all the people you like to give up on too early. Oh come on, those, those were formulated opinions there. Like Fields, like I've had three years to watch that boy. And I am just a little skeptical. And Kyler Murray's had, what is it? Is he had three top 10 fantasy seasons? Like, give me that all day. And Dotson, like, yeah, they, I'd sell him to you in a heartbeat if I had him on any of my teams, but I don't. I, I wish you did because I would totally take him. Man, uh, yeah, you also you also knew that Jalen Hurts was a, was a big old bust too, didn't you? All right. Anyway, 
And you knew that Trey that Trey Lance was going to be a beast. All right, hey guys, we'll catch you guys next week. Um, see, see you next time on the Dino. Wait, no, just... Logan, what what do you think of Jahan Dotson? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of a good way to end the podcast with just a little litmus test readings on maybe some things we might have previously discussed. I don't know. I feel like Jahan Dotson, you might not get much out of a trade that would be worthwhile. So I think you need to hold on to him. But I feel like the one concerning thing is, is when you type his name in a Google search, uh, the first thing people also ask is, should I drop Jahan Dotson? And I think that's a little concerning. The Google search results are there. So I think that... Right now, obviously, the public is in a mixed opinion about him, and I think that you need to write him out. I want to make that clear, Jesse, that you should write him out <laughs> the, the and hope that he can... plays redraft. <laughs> We're playing Dynasty. Buy him or hold him. That's hold it. Him. Period. Yeah, I uh, mean, honestly, I, w- I would hold him, too, because you can't you can't sell him right now. Like, Because I wouldn't sell him for a third. Like maybe if you could get a second, but it's just like you got to hold like the same thing with Terry McLaurin that we've been holding him for four or five, six years now. It's just like if they can get a quarterback this offseason, like he his value could go up. Like I, that's why I, I would just hold hold dots. I mean, if you can if you can get good value on it, if you can tack him on a deal to help push a deal through, sell him. But if not, I'd I'd hold him. If you can get him for dirt cheap, like I'd maybe buy him. Exactly. If you can buy him for someone like just throwing him in as a tag in, like you just explained that how you would sell him for, um, yeah, go ahead and buy him up, buy him up. If, if someone's willing to, willing to do that. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So sorry to keep prolonging this, but do we have, or I'll, I just want to add another litmus test. How are we feeling about Brian Robinson jr. Right now? I know that we talked about him earlier in the season on the podcast, but how are you guys feeling about him now? Worried? concern keep him trade him buy him i'd i'd hold him i'm not buying him yeah i'm definitely not buying him definitely not buying and and i'm probably not selling i mean i i think i think ron rivera is kind of on a slim timeline here like they they got to start picking it up or because then, like you never know, which is why I think selling him right now would be a mistake. Because you you never know what's going to happen. Like because I think we all think Eric Bieniemy is probably going to be the interim if Ron Rivera were to theoretically get fired midseason, and that's the reason why I think you can't, you probably shouldn't sell him low right now. What do you think, Logan? I mean, obviously, I'm extremely biased against anything you say. I just think he's just so TD dependent right now. If you could get a good buy yeah. or like a good sell, I would do it. I yeah, just I mean, think his TD numbers are crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not getting the carries right now. But the kind of he needs. I mean, their offense is struggling. Like, I mean, other than Terry McLaurin, there's really not a Washington player that you really want to be playing at all. Like, Sam Howell's taking sacks at a... NFL high, like their their offense is just not very good right now, and it's just I don't I don't know that you can really play any play any of them, and you you just gotta hope that something changes, like this off season I don't know, but it, uh, yeah they're they're in a they're in a tough spot because not much is working on the offensive side of the ball, defense is good. Exactly. Also, okay, so another person I just want to run by you guys. 
Uh, honestly, this might be a good thing. We are you doing okay there, Jesse? Okay, just double checking. Uh, I feel like this might be a good way to end podcast. Just kind of a, like a weekly feel out on how we think of certain people. How, how are you guys, or what do you guys think of Keenan Allen right now? And would you keep him on a team that you're like competing in? You would. I would. Hundred percent, I would keep him. Yeah, yeah. If I was competing, I'm keeping him. If um, if you're tanking, then you gotta sell him. Like you absolutely have to. You gotta get what you can for him. But uh, yeah, no, definitely like Keenan Allen. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little pessimistic on people. I think he's a really good receiver. I just think that I think the Chargers are kind of going through kind of this weird phase where their offense can't be productive with their defense. And I think that his age is a little bit concerning right now that I feel like you might get the highest value for him right now before it's too late. Oh, I I think that's absolutely true. But it's just like they don't they don't have anyone else right now on their offense that is really like like. Quentin Johnson, and their defense not... sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eckler's good, but it's just like Quinn Johnson's not stepping up. Like Josh Palmer, kind of is what he is. Like Keenan Allen's going to be a high volume wide receiver who's going to get probably touchdowns most weeks. Like on a contender, I mean, maybe if you can sell him for like a pretty good asset, like in which you could still compete, but like on a competing team, I think it'd be hard to sell him because he's he's a top. Five to ten wide receiver. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely with you there. The only person, the person who immediately came up in my head that I could maybe trade him for and like find some other pieces with it would be like Marquise Brown, somebody like that that's a little bit younger. But then, uh, then the the thing is, the last couple of weeks actually, Marquise has been uh, been been uh, not as good. So there was a like a five or six week stretch there where he was really tearing it up, and you know, what I mean, he's a young asset that no one's really talking about right now, and. I could maybe grab him for Keenan, but yeah, no, I, if I have Keenan, I'm a competitor. I'm keeping him. Yeah. Uh, one, one for you, Logan. How are we feeling about Deshaun Watson? You guys know I made a trade uh, involving Deshaun Watson this last weekend. I don't like him at all. Yeah, me neither. I got so fed up with him, I traded him for peanuts. I spite traded him. I think you got to hold him. I think you got to hold him. Yeah, but he's got a I huge. He's got a huge contract. Yeah, like exactly. Be I should have because of the contract. Yeah, that's 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 my thought with it. But guys, I think that about sums it up. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse underscore Setzer. You can follow him at Pro Talk Logan. You can follow me at PT Nick Thirty Two. Dino Talk. Signing out.